Algar Productions. Welcome to the post-atomic Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast, with your hosts, Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Covering Season 6, Episode 7, Once More with Feeling, with Caitlin Purdy. Hi friends! It is, it is time, it is time to do probably the most anticipated one of you these think? so far. Definitely the most well-known. Mm, definitely that. Uh, so Caitlin, uh, thanks for that. You're welcome. For choosing the, the sort of quintessential geek show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you're not doing Star Trek, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we've covered that. I, I was actually kind of stumped that. for a minute when you were asked me what I wanted to do. Mm. I had to think about it a lot. And then I, I, once I settled on the show, I was like, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I can speak for both of us by saying, uh, as compared to last week, I'm glad when the guests think about it a little bit. Because <laughs> sometimes they just throw a dart at a dartboard and we end up with Socrates' sister. Oh, so, You know. This was better than that. Sorry, Bob, but uh, by, by your own admission, you chose the wrong episode, and I'm just uh, I'm just repeating what you said. <laughs> but this, you know, if you were to pick an episode of Buffy, this is certainly the, one of the most famous. I would say either this or the the silent one. Oh yeah, are the ones that everyone talks about. So, uh, silent yeah. one would have been my uh, would have been my pick. They're both very good, but uh, um, that one's hard to find a quote for, unfortunately. Yeah, right. And it would just be me. Oh, there's it's just pl- the first me playing twenty minutes macabre. <laughs> no, the first twenty minutes has dialogue, and then it stops. Mm. Like, because when I watched it, it was like they're talking all over the place here. Oh, it's, that one also has Riley in it. Ugh. Yeah, it's a different time. <laughs> Do not I don't know care it, for Riley. A a I think. We're going to get into this in a minute, but I think a recurring thing about this show is people's bad decisions, and I think you don't like it when bad things happen to anyone, and that's that's how drama works, man. No, I don't like it when bad things happen to people I like. Yeah, that's, but that's drama. That's also my problem with watching TV, because mm-hmm. I have the same problem, and I get so emotionally attached. <laughs> but then that means the writers are doing their job. Why can't these guys just kill monsters and have a good time? Well, and occasionally pizza. be mildly inconvenienced and send their boyfriends to hell. Mm. And that bus all the while. Oh, and you and I write a show together. This is going to be interesting when I want something bad to happen to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matt, why don't you why don't you take it away and tell us what happens in Once More with Feeling? All right, so we open on another day in Sunnydale as Buffy murders a bunch of vampires and also a wizard demon. This time with singing, which. Even for Sunnydale, is pretty fucking weird, to be honest. So next morning, Team Buffy meets up at the magic shop to discuss the fact that there sure is a lot of singing going on. Which would be fine if, one, people didn't keep blabbing their secrets that everybody else, so that everyone else could hear them. For example, Xander and Anya failing to work out through their personal problems in light of their upcoming marriage. And Spike trying to figure out exactly what the fuck Buffy wants from their relationship that they don't have. And two, people are bursting into flames from dancing so much. Which is bad. And also, Buffy just came back from the dead, and everybody's worried about that. Except Buffy, who is who is clearly severely depressed. And then Willow and Tara go have sex in the least subtle scene ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, Don gets kidnapped by the puppet from Dead Silence because this is a later season of Buffy, so Don gets kidnapped. They even hang a lantern on it, which is annoying because I'm the one who's supposed to be making jokes right now. So Giles, worried that he's been coddling Buffy and keeping her from realizing her true potential, sends the Slayer off to save Dawn on her own, which is a decision he instantly regrets, so everybody swords up and heads out. Over at the Bronze, Sunnydale's weird all-ages nightclub that allows vampires for some reason, a demon in a zoot suit has uh, has Dawn and is threatening to marry her because she summoned him. And then Buffy shows up and sings about how the world is a horrible place, and sister, I have been there. You're not even working at a fast food place yet. And then the rest of Scooby show up and Buffy sings again and reveals that she died, went to heaven, and her friends cruelly ripped her away from that, which is a pretty huge fucking reveal. And then it turns out that Xander summoned the demon because he thought it would be fun. And what the fuck, Xander? People died. So the demon goes home because he also finds Xander irritating and everybody dances some more. But the group is breaking apart from all the personal revelations in this episode. And then Spike and Buffy kiss. The end. And I'm sure that'll all turn out great. Oh, yeah. It'll all turn out great. Uh-huh. No trouble at all. No trouble at all. Just another wacky dance episode. Uh-huh. You know, of all the dance episodes they did. They actually, <laughs> There were actually quite a few of them on TV at the time. 
Oh, I know. There's and and it's continue. The trend continues to this day. Mm-hmm. Shows do their obligatory uh, musical episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm super okay with it when it's done well. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about this in a minute, but first, Caitlin, I want you to I want you to tell us why you chose this. Um. Well, I wasn't sure if you guys were gonna like it. I figured Matt had had a healthy exposure to Buffy because Mallory, his lovely wife, is oh, who got me into it. Dude, but I had I've not been... ever. Huh. Dude, I've been friends with Sabrina for like the last twenty years. <laughs> I've seen this episode five hundred times. Well, I don't. I can't, couldn't remember if I had ever heard Al talk about Buffy before, and so I just when I suggested it, I was kind of tentative, but. Um, my, my connection to this episode is pretty strong. And when I was thinking about like what series shows, like I had just, I guess, a lot to say about, um, Mm -hmm. in my, like the way that I'm connected to Star Trek is probably the same way I'm connected to Buffy. Um, it was a big part of my life for a long time. I've watched it all the way through a bunch of times, but this episode in particular, I've seen at least 50 times. I kind of watch it anytime. I just want, want some Buffy and like want to cheer up or something. And, um, I really love musicals. I grew up watching musicals, and so I think this kind of just like pings my heartstrings in a couple places. Um, so this is also usually where I stop watching Buffy, like here later in my life. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I kind of like where the story is right now. Um, we were talking about this earlier, but bad stuff happens to people later in this season, and sometimes <clears throat> it makes me sad, so I don't watch it. So I usually, when I'm re-watching, nowadays, I usually end at this episode, and it's like a fun finale where, you know, everybody's singing and dancing. I There's some darkness, that. too, but <laughs> I do like the singing and dancing a lot. Huh. All right. Well, first of all, I don't think anyone else considered what we would like, so... <laughs> It, it's nice of you to have done that. <laughs> I don't even think we considered what we would like on a couple of occasions. Uh, well, most of my choices were things that I hoped we would like, unless they were ridiculous joke choices mm-hmm. like uh, Deadly Games. <laughs> but also, yes, Buffy is one of the very few uh, magic uh, slash horror. You know, the, uh, this isn't my genre. You were you were right to think that. But uh, this show was so good mm-hmm. and so important. To me, and to, I mean to everyone. Oh yeah, but you know, to me personally, for writing reasons, that oh, if you write really good characters and snappy dialogue, and you're aware of all the the genre like uh, uh, you know cliches and everything, and and try to get over that or at least talk about them, you can make anything interesting, mm-hmm. and that's that's what the show is for me. But I know Matt has always been a fan. So. <laughs> uh, not always. My brother actually got me into this show. He is was one of the biggest Buffy fans I knew, like, for a long time. And so for a while, I was like, I'm not watching this show. My brother likes it. <laughs> That's fair. And then they started airing it, like, nightly on our sci-fi channel, and I was watching when I got home from school. I, um, I, uh, my, my ex watched, like, watched it every night. She'd come home from work and watch it, mm. and I'd just be like, okay, you're watching your show. I'll do my thing. Yeah. And, uh... Our old house, I'd have to walk by the living room to get to the kitchen, and I'd go get something. And every now and then, I'd hear a bit of dialogue like, that sounds pretty good. Well, that that's probably just an anomaly. This show can't be that good. Mm. And then I'd come back for another, re- I'd fill up my glass or something, and I'd stay a little longer. And then eventually, I just sat for a whole episode. I was like, is it always this good? And she's like, dude, this, this one's kind of crummy. This yeah. is a shitty episode. It gets way better. Mm-hmm. So I just gradually got sucked in because someone I was with... <laughs> was watching yeah (laughs) very very good um but let's uh let's talk about uh my good thing because this this ties into what you just said about uh you didn't think i really like musicals and that's the thing i have a reputation for hating musicals i've I've talked about this on on this show and other shows we've done here's the thing i don't actually what i hate are musicals where the songs are just an excuse to stop the plot for Mm -hmm. no very good reason and they're super repetitive but the songs in this episode are part of the plot There's an in-story reason for people to be singing, and they also reveal things about the characters and advance the story. And style-wise, they're unique to each character, so it doesn't just feel like very slight variations on the same padded song over and over. Like, some musicals just do the same song with different words Mm -hmm. six times, ten times, and it's like, oh my god, I saw this already. And also, this was just a more natural gimmick episode than the one where Angel turned into a puppet, which to me was cute but felt so calculated like how do we do our musical i know angel's a puppet and then we can sell puppets Ugh, okay those puppets they sold weren't very good either yeah they were poorly crafted 
the thing is, I liked that show and I liked that episode, but this one just felt more natural. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, like I say, everyone had a reason to be singing. They all revealed their inner desires, sometimes to their own detriment. Yeah, like it, it were, and there were good songs. I feel no, like that's, that's what makes did... it. You really want to listen to the song too, because you're like, "Holy shit, you're dropping some knowledge right now." Well, and that yeah. ties into my good thing too. So, like, because yep. like they could, when they decided to make a musical, like they could have easily made it like the the light, fluffy, wacky episode. But like, yeah, this episode is hugely important to the season. Like, everyone gets like a huge revelation that's going to lead into something bigger down the line. Like. This is this episode uh, leads to Willow and Tara breaking up. Giles leaves the show after this. Spike and Buffy finally hook up. Um, and then there's the you know the big revelation that uh, Buffy coming back to the dead or come back from the dead was not actually that great. Oh my god, that is so good. Which, Which we'll, is we'll talk huge. about it in a minute. We should talk like we should finish talking about the songs. Yeah, and of course. Good things first, but yes, that that is. I, oh, I love it so much. <laughs> there's a there's a comic. Uh, Matt, you'll remember this. Caitlin, I'm not sure if you, you're familiar with this one or not, but um, Stormwatch back in the day. Oh, yeah. Which ended up t- turning into the authority. Uh, Warren Ellis was writing it, and he did uh, the requisite like tie-in. They did like a crossover with Alien. Yep. And I remember this being a huge deal at the time because it's like, okay, superheroes fight, movie monster, whatever. No one's going to remember this. It's a throwaway comic. It'll be cool for five minutes, and mm-hmm. that's it. And he used that as a canonical thing to kill off all the characters he didn't want. Yep. And it was a huge, it's suddenly this throwaway idea was a big deal and they had to put it in the trade mm-hmm. because it was essential to the to the next part of the story. And it reminds me of that. It's like, you're right. This could so easily be the gimmick that no one cares about when you go back and rewatch it. It's just, oh, this is the funny, fluffy one. Yeah. But making it an essential part of the of the narrative is so much better. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And to just like be able to like, well... We have all this, all these secrets that the cast are keeping from each other are coming out now, and like that's the point of the episode. Yeah, and that's supposed to be in a musical when people sing, like certain kinds of musicals. Anyway, mm-hmm. they're singing the stuff they're thinking that they would never say to people, yeah. and making that textual, making it part of the story, so that they're like involuntarily revealing things that they would never say mm-hmm. is very good. Which actually kind of ties into your good thing, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of my favorite aspects of the secrets that are told. And my favorite song is the Anya and Xander um, Mm -hmm. song about just the nuances of their relationship and the fear of commitment. Um, They never really talk about this um, in person in this relationship just kind of seems to keep moving forward. No, building up to this, it's like they've never said this stuff before. Well, no, dummy, the song is called "I'll Never Tell." Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's obvious, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they would never say these things to each other. And um, and some of it's like little stuff, like in any relationship when you're living together and are annoying each other. And some of it's like really big stuff where they're like, "I really don't know if this is the right decision for me and for my future." And um, I think oftentimes in TV shows, relationships are full of drama, but it's always like, you cheated on me, you lied to me. They never really yep. um, deal with just like the drama that exists within actually trying to start a long term committed relationship mm. with two different people, especially people that are like, I used to be a demon. Now I'm in a human body. I have all this ish to deal with. Yeah, um, and oh god she used to be a demon can i trust her well yeah yeah exactly so it's big stuff and i think it's cool for them to deal with it in like this way that i mean it seems light and fluffy they're dancing and singing it's a really cute number oh it's super Anya's catchy outfit is yeah it's super catchy anya's outfit is adorable mm-hmm. they're my fantasy mm-hmm. pajamas i've been <laughs> looking for them forever and i've never found anything like it and uh yet underneath that they're singing about this these real like deep you know, seated intense emotions of fear of, of what's going to happen next in their lives. And in the story, like, you know, that they're progressing towards marriage. You're like, Oh shit, now it's going to happen. Now they're on the rocks in a way Mm. that I never realized. And it's the first full song. Like there's, there's snippets, like Buffy had an intro song and then they had like the, the brief, you know, thing at the, at the the library, Mm -hmm. but this is the first full, you know, number mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's what this is these aren't just gimmicks there's something like it, it introduces you to the premise like i should be listening to these lyrics closely because there's some stuff going on here yeah because mm-hmm. usually my my move with a musical because they're usually so padded is to just tune it out mm-hmm. and in this case i was like oh shit no 
this is important. I need to pay attention. Yeah. I think that's what's drawn me back to watching this episode so many times is because I feel like I always catch something else mm-hmm. because it's kind of like it's all pretty jam-packed in there like they're singing oh, yeah. fast um, there's a lot mm-hmm. of lyrics there's not a lot of repetitive parts of these songs um except maybe like walk through the fire that's the longest like repeat part there is in a song and yeah but that's uh, that's also that's also set to a choreographed fight so it's not like she's standing in place singing that song like mm-hmm. and they're right. all singing together and part of it too and right. it's great yeah um, uh, but speaking of uh, Xander and Anya, Matt, this is your bad thing, yeah? Uh, hang on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of that entire scene, I got weirdly focused on how shitty Anya and Xander's apartment was. Like, <laughs> I, do, I, I do that thing I always do where I start, like, paying attention to what's going on in the background, and it looks like a page from an Ikea catalog that somebody threw a dartboard on. Like, mm-hmm. these are two main characters on the show. Xander's been around since the pilot. Give their set a little thought. Also, a lot yeah, of the people on the right. show can't sing, and the episode works really hard to da- to dance around that fact. Looking at you, Allison Hannigan. Hey, I don't think that's a bad thing. That was me in high school. Yeah. I was in like they. My theater department insisted on doing so many musicals, and I'm like, I don't sing. Can we act? No, you can be in the chorus and move your mouth. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So I felt for her. She's so great at so many things. Oh God, you can't be great at everything. I love Allison Hannigan to death, but. Uh... Yeah. She, I, not every they wisely every put skill. her in the background on this one. Yeah, I it actually escaped my attention at first because she has a song with Tara. It's just entirely Tara's song, and well, she's there. That in that song, she's too busy going down on Tara, which I respect. Oh my <laughs> god, I love that. It's so filthy. Yep, and making her float. Yep, at, there the lines in that song uh, spread beneath my willow tree. Uh huh, and. The pause she puts in the syllable, you make me come uh-huh. complete. So good. Nope, just, uh, I'm just watching it, watching it at home just like, well, this doesn't mean anything. The first time I saw this, I'm like, how did they get away with yeah, this? Yeah, right. This is straight up porn. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. <laughs> but but my point is, my brain registered that as, oh, that's Willow and Tara's song. No, it's Tara's song, you yeah. dummy. Called myself a dummy watching this episode. I don't know why. <laughs> nice work, dummy. Your internal yeah. dialogue was. Yeah. Hey, shut uh, up, Caitlin. me. <laughs> Caitlin, what was your bad thing? Um, my bad thing is pretty small, but it always bothers me when I get to the end of this episode, and we think that Dawn's kleptomania has caused her to accidentally summon this demon, and all of a sudden Xander's like. Ooh, oh, actually, that was me, and I did it just because for fun. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but, like, if I feel like if they were going to blame it on him, I want, like, more of an explanation or something, what? because it seems, it just seems random. He's just did- like, oh, yeah, that was me for yeah. fun. This has bugged me since I watched the episode the first time, because I like Xander, and, like, just having him be, yeah, that was on me, sorry. Like, I, I mentioned this in my summary. Dude, people died. I mean, that that sucks, and there's no getting around that. But on the other hand, Xander's done shit like this before. Uh-huh. He's, he's the thoughtless one who does a thing for a laugh, not realizing or not remembering, oh, right, I live in a world where demons are real and people will die. I don't know. At this yeah. point, yeah. it feels like too late in the series for that to still be that's plausible. True. It's like, come on. Yeah, by season six, that's that's fair. Come on, that's, I think that's where I'm coming from. Like, Buffy's died twice, bro. Mm-hmm. You know where the stakes are. and and like No pun I, intended. Yeah. <laughs> how about how um, about just ask someone before you uh, make a deal with a demon, huh? Just ask. I I don't You're know. You're dating one funny. for Christ's sake. Or if he I had done it, it accidentally, I would have gotten that, or mm-hmm. or been fine with Don doing it accidentally. But him doing it intentionally with nothing more than that weird excuse, I just it just seemed kind of random. I was like, yeah. why even write that line in there? Like it just was fine with. I mean, other than See, to but... throw throw it on him again that he's fucking up. But well, I, it really feels like it just we forgot to put in a reason for why this is happening, Shrug. Oh, I, I hard disagree. See, I, I think you guys are valid, but I think I thought it was hilarious because at this point, Dawn's been around for a season and a half. We all hate her. And it's like, of course she fucking did this. And it's like, no, no, it's the original fuck up. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot about him. Of course it is. <laughs> That's how I saw it. Because the misdirection, because Dawn a bunch of times is like, yeah, everyone's singing. It's nice. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she did this. And she did it on purpose, too. Mm-hmm. No, she didn't. Oh, Dawn. 
I like that the show knows we hate her mm-hmm. and doubles down on that. I did really enjoy her dance scene, though. Oh, she's clearly yeah. uh, she was clearly a trained uh, ballet dancer. Ballet yeah. dancer, yeah. That yeah. and like it's... and playing it as like a like as like a like a chase sequence was really cool. That was, and it's a good way to work in. Like, I bet they got together with all the performers and like, what are you trained in? Mm-hmm. What can you do? And tried to work to their strengths because when the hell is this teen? Well, probably twenty something girl, but teenager gonna use her ballet training on this show about vampires? Mm-hmm. Like, never. And they found a way to make it work. I love that. Yeah. Here's a way to show off your talent. Like, that's cool. And I enjoyed that. I'm not a huge fan of her singing voice, so it was nice to have her do something. Yeah, she's not. She's the other one that's not great. <laughs> Yeah, and she started a song. I'm like, oh, God, I don't remember this one. It must be terrible. And it cuts off after two lines. That's when the guy grabs her. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, nobody understands. Me. That's the other thing. <laughs> you're is, like, yes. The other thing <laughs> I like about your this, sad song. this episode yep. is that it sets, it's like, by that point, it's it, it can set up, like, it can start playing against itself. So we get the, yeah, we get the, uh, she starts the song and then gets kidnapped. And we get the the puppet henchman who just, like, He's got, oh. like, that big, like, it starts playing the dynamic music and everything and zooms in on him, and he's just like, okay, come back to the bronze. Yeah. No, and actually, this is, well, that's my, uh, my bad thing has something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my real bad thing, it's a bit harder to watch Joss Whedon stuff now that we know he's kind of a monster, and for those of you who don't know, look it up. I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but yeah. he... This is real life stuff that he did. It's not just he wrote some bad stuff. Mm. He psychologically abused his wife. That is a fact. Yeah. And also he fired Charisma Carpenter from Angel when she got pregnant. Ugh. And, and Charisma oh. Carpenter is my angel. And nobody fucks with my angel. Well, yeah. Charisma Carpenter is like fucking good. You are you so are much. not uh you are not good for this show anymore because like this thing happened. Like, ah oh, How dare you? Like fuck off. He there's there's bad stuff about him. And again, don't want to get too much into it. We're talking about the show, not the creator. And some people can separate that. Some people can't. Everyone chooses where they draw the line. I'm not going to say anyone is right or wrong to stop watching the show altogether, as as Amanda has done, Mm -hmm. or just put that aside and continue enjoying it as I have done. They're all they're all valid ways to look at it. But I'm just saying he's bad. Yeah, but that's not the episode's fault. So instead, I'm going to go with the fact that the bad guys wore creepy doll masks. Okay, first of all, the creepy doll thing has been played out for about 14 centuries. Second, you guys have excellent prosthetics on this show. Like, most of your demons look better than the aliens Star Trek was doing around the same time. There is no excuse for creepy doll masks. Also, it felt really out of nowhere. Like, why does the dancing zoot suit demon have puppets? You know, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fit thematically. Yeah, like usually the henchmen are kind of tied, you know, like 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 Batman villains kind of yeah. tied to the main guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was I didn't care. Like you it. could do like some really interesting stuff based on just like you know different types of dance or whatever. I guess. Yeah, no kidding. Like, what the fuck do dolls have to do with dancing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to use the creepy doll masks, use them in an episode where it fits the theme a little better. Mm-hmm. We have these creepy doll masks. Uh, what do you want to do with them? I'll just throw them into this. Now, maybe, like, I did read that this episode took a lot longer to make than, like, any episode with a lot of prosthetics and effects mm-hmm. and fight choreography, just because this is complicated and different. Sure. But maybe they, like, maybe they ran out of time and money. Oh, and also you would need something not super elaborate for actual dancers who maybe aren't used to that kind of thing. Maybe, but the devil guy... Well, that's one guy where you got a guy who could sing, dance, and wear a shit ton of makeup and look good doing it. Like, that guy was a miracle. like Lauren on Angel. (laughs) Like Lauren on Angel. Exactly. I'll see myself (sighs) out. Oh, Lauren. (laughs) Now I want to rewatch Angel. This is kind of, um, like, I have a habit of rewatching Buffy up until this point and then Mm -hmm. switching over to, to Angel and watching all of Angel. I okay. Let's get into this because we all have very different opinions about season six. <laughs> this is this is definitely. Would you guys say the most divisive season of of Buffy? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not just among our friends, but everywhere. Yeah. I personally love it. I get why people don't, and well, you guys can certainly talk about your reasons. But for me, it's we've talked about this before. We talked about it when we talked about the Sopranos. We've mentioned that I love BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. I like watching 
characters go through miserable things and I like seeing I don't know it's it validates my horrible feelings when I see it happening in fiction it makes me feel better it's therapeutic and uh, I don't know the 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 delicious misery of this season mm-hmm. talks about depression in a way that I hadn't seen to that point and I, I very much enjoy it but you guys you guys don't feel that way <laughs> I probably would have agreed, uh, like, past Caitlin. Like, I've definitely, like, changed a lot probably in the last five years. Sure. Just in what mm-hmm. what media I consume on purpose, just because I work in just a trauma-filled environment. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's valid, of course. And so I would say, like, nowadays, when I watch this um, season of Buffy, like, I find it pretty triggering. There's a lot that goes on that makes me just kind of uncomfortable or makes mm. me also mm-hmm. remember times in my life where I was really um, I really connected a lot with Buffy's severe depression and I struggle with being reminded of that so intensely because I think she portrays um, significant you know depression in this season well um, oh, yeah. and I think I think that's the difference between like some people like I what I like also is that it's represented well but yeah for like i think people react differently to me i like seeing it it makes me feel like my feelings are not coming from out of nowhere that someone else felt this and wrote it into a thing whereas you don't want to be reminded of that and that those are both good ways to see it but i I think i'm definitely in the minority there yeah i think it's cool that we're both seeing the same thing though and just having a different reaction to it Mm. yeah it's neither of us think it's made badly (laughs) yeah exactly but matt you you your reason is a little different same thing i find this episode deeply depressed or this season deeply depressing and the way it just piles on over the entire season just like it it wears on me you know like mm-hmm. i also i i also watch a lot of show like depressing shows i love bojack i love battlestar galactica one of the most depressing mm-hmm. science fiction shows of all time i just finished watching veep and, <laughs> and i'm completely <laughs> fucking depressed but um it it's different with 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 stuff like Buffy because I love these characters so much and it just makes me sad to watch horrible things happen to them and it doesn't really get better it does mm. I mean it does it's hard it gets yeah. freaking hard man yeah but it, it definitely it, does not get better this season like we roll into season seven and stuff starts cleaning up but this entire season just like this ends with this season ends with with willow turning evil and xander having having to talk her down from killing everyone on the planet yeah, which i love friendship and love which like, i that's, love that's pretty uplifting but is deeply depressing i see i don't find it depressing i find it like i think when shows just make good people happy all the time that's real boring like i like seeing people go through stuff see that it makes it so much more rewarding when they come out the other side of it see it's the balance for me and season six there's no balance things just keep getting worse and every time something sort of lightens that it feels like stuff's getting better it gets worse because that's how joss whedon wrote back then like every time something good happens you got to put in a whole bunch of bad stuff but also, that's how he always wrote to this point. Like, we're at season six. This wasn't a new thing. It just happened a little more. This season's also super guilty of being really shitty for two of its female characters. Well, okay. There's, there's, we're not going to get into this, but there is a very poor decision they made yep. with Buffy and Spike late in this season that I don't think anyone thinks was a good idea. Oh, that was terrible. That's not what I'm talking about, but that's oh. also fucking terrible. Uh, no, this is the season that kills Tara off, which fucking blows. Mm. And this is the season where uh, after they break up Xander and Anya, they have literally nothing to do f- for Anya to do for the rest of the run. I wouldn't say that's a treating a female character badly. I think that's just a it might just clueless, be poor writing, but it, yeah, clueless writers sure. not knowing what to do with with a character. It still pisses but. me off because she's like one of the best characters on the show. See, the Tara thing to me, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I am. I, I'm in that position where it's like, here I am, a dude talking mm. about feminism. I feel so weird about this. But the way the way my wife, a feminist, explained it to me, therefore it's okay. Oh God, I'm in such mess. Here. <laughs> no, dig up, stupid. A a big thing she told me that is important is a show with many female characters, mm. a story that doesn't ha- rest all of all of womanhood on a single character. Yeah. Can get away with doing a little more, like then you can have a shitty stereotype or then you can have something bad happen because it's not like she represents all women. And 
Tara was one of like four or five women in the cast at that point. And it's like, okay, at least it's not like they killed off their only main mm. one. And I don't know the whole, the whole thing there was, uh, it was Adam, right? No, Adam was the previous season. What's the uh, dude's name? The, the nerd as Andrew oh, Warren, Warren, Warren. Yeah. Is this super misogynistic, like angry nerd. And I don't know. I, I really like, Oh, the show, the show knows about these guys. Yeah. Okay. Like he's, he's an incel. He's a fucking, like, he's going to go see the Joker. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I liked, and there were some stakes there. And unfortunately the stakes meant that Tara died, but that just, you know, that's just where the, the story went. Yeah. I don't know. Caitlin, I feel like, uh, you probably should speak so that it's not just two dudes talking about how well the, female characters are treated i still feel weird about all this i have mixed feelings about it because when i was a little young queer woman mm -hmm. this couple was so inspiring to me mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i love seeing two non-tropey femme lesbians just being themselves um and i loved it and i was even just reminiscing as i watched this episode um, I loved watching their song, watching them joke about like when the guys check Tara out and she's like, oh, my God, I'm cured. I want the boys. It's so um, just it's funny. Those are jokes that exist in lesbian relationships mm -hmm. or in female relationships. And mm -hmm. I love seeing representation like that. That is just really normalizing. And it was inspiring as a young mm -hmm. person. It's still inspiring today as a 31 year old person. And um, I don't want her to die. I want my lesbian couple to be happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if everyone else dies. That's what I want. <laughs> so well, well, I... I'm a little slanted for that reason. I'm emotionally attached to that relationship. Um, and it ends in, in her death. And then that that death changes Willow in a way that I don't think she ever comes back from. Mm -hmm. And like for me, this is kind of like... This is very personal, I guess, and I don't necessarily mm -hmm. expect anyone else to see it this way. But for me, I feel like Willow going to the edge of where she does with her darkness is a lot like when um, people attempt suicide and there's a kind of like a threshold that's crossed that kind of creates. Oh, I think it was, I think it was meant to, to be something like that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's definitely what it feels like to me. And when she comes back from that, always having that um, that burden to bear of like, I almost mm -hmm. ended the world of just like I almost ended my world world um yep. and carrying that burden with you through the rest of life and it changes yeah. her character in a way that brings like just it just brings like a shadow i guess to her spirit in in a way that i think she acts out very well um mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and carries that very well it, within the character but then i also just kind of i internalize that a little bit so i have so many emotions <laughs> involved in this season and that's probably why i don't watch it very often because I will watch an episode and then it will I, like I'll sit with it for like a week and just be thinking about it. All these freaking fictional characters, but I'm very attached to them and very invested in this story. And it, there's a lot going on. And for me, like losing Tara is not just losing Tara. It's losing Tara and Willow. And part of it is losing Willow's innocence um, or what was left of it. Mm -hmm. See, I don't think it's bad for losing Willow's innocence because it gave her character something new. But on the other hand, it is basically fridging and it is killing the gays and like all of that. I, you know, that should yeah. have occurred to me and it didn't. And that is bad. <laughs> that is well, absolutely bad. And and Tara has such a good arc from when she shows up and like, I think she shows up in Hush, actually. And goes from like this very like timid person to like what she is now like this fully this full-fledged member of the team she's yeah, so she hangs fucking out good she hangs out with this group of wisecracking kids and she's so quiet and doesn't fit and is always just unassuming and hanging out in the back and like you're like oh she's never like she's gonna be willow's friend but that's yeah. it no she's never gonna be part of this group no and yeah watching her transformation was fantastic and there, there, there's an episode where her family comes in and, like, it turns out they're all, like, super abusive and stuff. And, like, mm -hmm. the episode ends with uh, the Scoobies kicking them out and just be like, no, Tara's our family now. Get the fuck out of here. It's so yeah. good. Mm -hmm. And just, like, one of those early things, like, speaking to, like, found family is, like, so fucking good. And just to, like, yeah. just to, like, shoot her at the end of the season to, like, to give Willow something to be mad about really pisses me off. Mm, I get that. I, I totally get that. I'm getting but... into a place now. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> no, I understand. But we've had this conversation before. You just don't like seeing bad things happen to characters. And like that's that's what drama is. Well, and man. I also don't like characters being wasted, you know? Just yeah. like, ah, it's the end of the season. We need a death. Uh, Tara, you're out of here. I get that. But, but, but Willow had been spiraling for a while. Mm-hmm. And I liked her transformation. Like, maybe they could have done it without killing Tara. I, I definitely concede that. But... She was always the innocent one who was real smart, and that's it. Mm. And, like, it was nice to, like, oh, wait, no, there's stuff going on under here. And if she's pushed too far, she might do something extreme, which Caitlin correctly points out, lines up with people's real-world experience not having to do with magic, but Mm. still emotionally feels the same way. And then now she's been through some really rough adult shit that she's got to live with, and, uh, you know... I thought it was an interesting way to t- take her character. But yeah. yeah, maybe they didn't have to kill Tara to do that. I don't know. I st- yeah, I can't like, deny I it's like an the... interesting thing to do with her character for sure. Mm. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm very attached to her character. Yes. So, you know, and I think that it would have been cool to to have Tara stick around and be the person who does talk um, mm. Willow down mm-hmm. rather than Xander. Um, I did think it was interesting the first time I saw that episode. Um, not that it's this episode or anything, but since we're talking season six. No, we always talk- use this as an excuse yeah. to talk about the whole series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the first time I saw that episode, um, when he is talking her down, I, I thought to myself, this is interesting that this is Xander in this mm-hmm. role. Well, see, um, I always really like that, just having like her him as like, oh, I've known you since forever, like... Yeah, he was her best friend, and yeah. he went. It was. It's going back to basics. It's before even Buffy got here. Elementary we were school, a thing. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like this was us before the show started. This has always been your us. Crayon broke. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a good emotional choice. Yeah. I but know. There's a I lot going on. I like, like I said, I like sort of wallowing in the misery. I like the the dramatic. Like, okay, maybe there were some choices that could have been made better, but I like when, I. I when I watch something funny and it makes me laugh, I feel the same f- feeling of fulfillment that when I watch something sad and cry, I like doing it. I like mm. watching things that make me feel, and it doesn't always have to be positive feelings. I think I used to. Mm-hmm. No, that's <laughs> uh, fair. And and my my like joy in that might come back someday when I have a different uh, like or or it might not office experience or career experience yeah it might not I really don't know but yeah um, like I find myself more these days like gravitating towards things like science fiction and away from things that carry more drama because I want like you know I want to watch escapism yeah yeah I want to watch a fun unrealistic story take place where I don't have to think about any but the bad things that have happened to people uh, or mm-hmm. the bad things that happened in the past are really vague. Um, right. And then, but then I also do have such a place in my heart for these particular stories, even though they are really intense. Um, so it's almost like, like they carry more emotion because, mm. uh, because I have had like this relationship with Buffy since I was, you know, in my early twenties. So what you're saying is you watched the episode once more with feeling. Yeah, but like a bunch more with a bunch more feelings. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the worst thing I've ever said. I'm sorry. Uh, it definitely, it definitely was. <laughs> that well, was we're done. Here. That was bad. And you should feel bad. Uh, oh, I do. Trust me. I feel bad all the time, which is why I like watching other people feel bad. <laughs> No, I don't know. I the thing is, I have the same emotional investment you guys have. I just I like I like when a show makes me feel. I like being so invested in the characters. That's good writing too. It's not only when they make me happy. It's it's all of it, you know. Yeah, for sure. But I, you know, I get that you don't want your escapism to make you feel bad. That, mm. that feels pretty normal to me. <laughs> I'm hypersensitive, and I will openly admit it. I am super hypersensitive, but. Um... <laughs> And I wasn't always, which is why I've still seen all of Buffy, um, mm-hmm. you know, 20 times at least. Because uh, for a long time, I did really enjoy the way it made me, um, the feelings that it gave me, you know, the intensity mm-hmm. of that of that drama. Mm. It's only, only in my old age <laughs> where <laughs> that dynamic has Yes, changed. your old age of 31. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm ancient. Oh, you're so ancient. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like Matt rolling his eyes at that Matt who is also very young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm an ancient 35, okay? 
Yeah, I'm going to be 45 in a month, which according to the like the census and like very official sources is the beginning of middle age. <laughs> I think I'm no longer you... in your demographic. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you count my age and social worker years, I'm like 87. Oh, yeah, no. And and if you count age and maturity, then Matt and I are still both 12. So. <laughs> I'm a seven-year-old boy, so if we're talking maturity, I'll be over here with my Play-Doh. Well, that does That's sound why. pretty good, honestly. <laughs> yep. I love a good Play-Doh. Mm -hmm. uh, so what else? Let's well... See. Tara's jazz I'm... hands during the opening <clears throat> song are my everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh we haven't talked about really the big bad guy at all, but I okay. love him. Oh, he's so good. I think he's incredible. I love his low, jazzy, rough voice. I love his like slow tap dance. Mm -hmm. I love the mm -hmm. weird eyes he gives everybody. Like yep. I think he is fantastic. There, there's a thing, now you mentioned, there's a thing with his eyes where I couldn't tell if, if they were slightly off or something, mm -hmm. but god damn, just the whole thing looks great. It worked. The, yeah. Everything about him makes up for the shittiness of the puppet demons. Yeah, <laughs> right? And, and there's a certain kind of like, uh, what, what's the word I want? Like the, uh, the, the seducing devil, like mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna think that's like, no, that's not gonna work, but he definitely had that that air of sexiness but also menace at the same time oh yeah yeah it's a hard vibe to pull off like I, a lot of things try and fail but this this absolutely did he was yeah. he was good at that i do see in your notes caitlin this is a very good point there are almost no people of color in sunnydale and when they show up they are always bad guys mm -hmm. yeah so i'm reading a book that is called uh one of my best friends is black and it's all about oh how like white people have a tendency to just have white friends and like we get really homogenous yep. um and said it's the three a, white people yes. yeah it's a really interesting story and i'm dealing with a bunch of racial stuff at work um and so it's just on my mind and as mm -hmm. like from the second i started this episode like sh the people she fights in the graveyard the first couple mm -hmm. uh vampires that come out are black and i'm like oh interesting okay white mm -hmm. lady killing black guys okay and then it moves mm -hmm. on and like i noticed that that only uh dark-skinned people are the bad guys in this whole episode and i'm like oh i'm suddenly uncomfortable about something i've never thought of before yep. while watching in, this tv show in the whole series this show doesn't have a regular black guy until season seven when uh, robin i know shows up. i was thinking really hard about like oh, oh god, god i forgot about robin other uh, characters of there's color. kendra but she dies almost instantly right and then yeah. when all the Slayers start showing up next season, there are various Slayers yeah. of color, but mm -hmm. uh, they don't get a lot of lines. They're the, one, the, the white ones are the ones that get all the lines, yeah. Yeah. Tiny Felicia true. Day is there. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, this, and and Angel got a little better at it, but only a little. With the, I, I, the black friend that I have, yeah. there's no good way to, to transition into that, but a couple of black friends that I have said, like, gun on Angel like is a white tv writer's idea of what a black guy is like he's he like nobody sure talks like is. that nobody nobody does those things yeah oh terrible yeah i had a lot of problems with his character for that reason where i was like yeah. it's very obvious that a white person wrote that character did he with just very call angel a honky <laughs> <laughs> show is from 2004 and he's calling him a honky okay mm -hmm. a jive turkey all right well well who am i to judge <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just just something I noticed. Yeah, um, um, I will say, speaking of tap dancing, though, uh, if if everyone who tap danced just burst into flames, that would not bother me in the least. Tap dancing is the most useless thing in the world. Not a tap dancing <laughs> fan, eh? It's, have you ever seen a musical about tap dancing? It's about tap dancing. It's always about a tap dancer who needs to learn how to tap dance. Listen. There's no or there's no organic way to work it into a story. Listen, my cousin did dance for 10 years, and I had to go to every single one of those recitals. I am completely on your side about hating tap dancing. So The thing is, it's a talent. It is a, it is a skill that I will never have and mm -hmm. respect on that level. And I've watched a lot of old movies about, like, we went down uh, Fred and Gingerwell, and those movies are amazing. Mm -hmm. Those two. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, good dancers. What? I know. <laughs> Never heard of it. But those movies, apart from the occasional very regrettable blackface uh, moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, but apart from that, those. Fucking and they did white like seven people. Or, God damn it. I know. 
But there were like seven or eight of them, and they were amazing. And the dancing captivated me so much. It was mm. so good. And then tap dancing would start. I'd be like, well, time to go get a drink. <laughs> Just not into it. I like it, but I, like it I, on love, I love old styles of dancing. So I like the, like, I want to see some old school dance numbers mm-hmm. yeah, um, with the costumes and the tapping and the doing crazy tricks, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I love sign me up. Yeah, no, that, that I enjoy, but someone standing there like Lord of the dance, tapa, tapa, tapa until their <laughs> shoes fill with blood. Just <laughs> not interesting. No, there's gotta be a number with backup yeah. dancers and feathers. Yeah. We That's need, what I'm talking we need about. staircases that come out of the background. Yes. No, yeah. all that, like I said, all that old Fred, Fred and Ginger stuff, like I thought I was not into that kind of thing. And then I watched the the best two people who ever did it do it. And I was like, oh no, I just don't like when it's done badly. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, like the full entertainment, like it's used as a part yes. of the full show. Yeah, exactly. But and, no, I don't want to just watch someone stand there and tap their foot. I've seen, nope. I've seen like places where um, they'll do some kind of just it's straight tap experience and then you they go up there with this like plank of wood and put it down mm-hmm. and it's like three by three and they just dance on this three by three piece of wood it's, tapping and it's tapping a, and tapping it's a talent and it's interesting to listen to but it's like watching someone drum with their feet <laughs> yeah Whereas, like, saying, that's not impressive like in this mm, not for an hour like in this episode it's pretty like minor and it's just almost yeah. used to like punctuate the song no, th- it was used not perfectly just here. Stand alone, like yeah, unle- watch unless you tap dance. Unless you're bursting into flames, which again I approve of. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I really like the whole really end scene number. I like mm-hmm. the back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that um, Anya and Tara go like do Buffy's backup dancing. It's so good. Mm-hmm. There's a portion in Buffy's song where she gets these freaking crazy eyes. When she's mm-hmm. talking about, like, you know, the basically just talking about her depression, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, everything being how she's supposed to see all the miracles, all the light and fluffy stuff. Um, yep. She gets mm-hmm. this look in her eyes where she's just like, I'm about to explode. Like, mm-hmm. this shit is popping off right now. I'm at the end of my rope and I'm mm-hmm. I'm expressing myself. Um, and I, love- I, really, I just really like her, the look on her face. <laughs> I loved that whole heaven reveal because, okay, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the show, Buffy sacrifices herself at the end of season five to save the world. Mm. And then at the beginning, like the show was going to get canceled is, is what really happened. And they're like, okay, she dies saving the world. That's it a was good definitely getting moved off of uh, uh, the WB. Well, no, it got canceled for a bit and then it got picked up by the other network. Yes. And they're like, oh, well now she needs to undie. So we have to bring her back to life. And what the show decided was her friends thought she was in a hell dimension being tortured and brought her back to life. And then it, it's revealed in this episode. No, you dummies. I'm a hero. Why did you think I was in hell? Of course I wasn't in hell. I saved the world. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. I always liked their their reasoning for that was like, well, when Angel died, he went to hell. Like it was a he big was a deal. vampire who he tortured people. Hundreds the of mass people. Murderer. Famously, like when they went in their vampire books, he was the one that stood out as the most ruthless one. Of course he went to hell. Well, let's see. In the big book of vampires, he's pretty much top of the charts here. And not just because it's alphabetical either. Like, he was a bad dude. And I like no, I like yeah. how heavy that reveal is. To oh, yeah. The reactions so are so good. It's so obvious the when you think about it. But on how Alice and the other characters. Yeah, how oblivious they all are. So, yeah. so good. Yeah. Like, well, oh, and, and my oh. thought, the whole mm-hmm. build up to this, my thought when they were doing all that big magic was like, mm-hmm. you know, y'all aren't doing any research to find her. You're just pulling her back. No, that's it's very, emotional... that's very them, though. Honestly, <laughs> I'm a scientist. An emotional decision. That's not how you do this. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not scientists. They're magicists. They're magicists and they're sometimes bad at it and none of, yeah none of them are very good at it like they're also emotional children and mm-hmm. i remember giles coming back and saying you did what yeah they're also physical children <laughs> yeah but i mean even they're all out of high school now and they're all ostensibly adults but they're so? not so yeah no and that's what i'm saying emotionally they're still babies mm-hmm. it's you really took just away another the thing i love i want it back uh-huh <laughs> It's another piece of evidence, too, about, like, Willow's lack of 
judgment with the use of her magic because oh, yeah. when yes. she's all like, oh, guess it didn't work, and she leaves, Buffy has to claw out of her fucking grave. Yeah. Yes. Like, welcome to Earth. You get yanked out of heaven. Have fun orienting yourself to Earth while mm-hmm. you're in a coffin under the ground with no one to help you. Also, going like, through the same situation you have watched thousands of vampires go through right before you kill them. Like, yep. now you're on the other end of that. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's some... That's some irresponsible decision making by the I magic users. Well, I love it. So good. <clears throat> and it really just leads right up to Willow trying to kill the world, but mm-hmm. you know, yep. baby baby steps. First you re- pull your friend <laughs> out of ha- heaven. <laughs> right. No, and you guys are right the acting when they find that out. Like we did what? Oh yeah. god. Yeah, no, Allison Hannigan on. looks like she's made the biggest mistake of her life. It's wonderful. I mean, she has. Uh-huh. Of all the things she did in the show, she didn't go through with killing the world. Mm-hmm. This, this might be the worst thing she did. <laughs> I like the way Buffy expresses it, too, in her song. The way yep. she feels this responsibility not to tell them and to shelter them from the information. Yeah. But, of course, this magic like forces her to reveal the secret. And there, there's know. almost like a pause where she, before she tells them where she's singing. And then that it's almost like that guy just like influences her mm-hmm. um, before she tells them. And... Um, it, I don't know. It's just the way you can feel so much emotion coming from her as like, I love you all so much. I know this was an act of love. I'm trying to deal with it myself. Yeah, you did this to help me. I don't want to ruin your lives by telling you you fucked up. Mm. Yeah, like she carries but such a burden up. for them. Yeah, that's and... that's her thing the whole time. And that's why I have always thought she's the least likable character on the show because she carries all these burdens and she never shares them with anyone. And like... She, it gets to a point where it's like, fucking, this is self-created now. Not in this case, but in other cases, it's like, oh, the burden, the loneliness of being the Slayer. You have a whole team of friends here, stupid. Why don't there's, you use them? There's so much of that in season seven, and it really bugs me. No, and it's that's so when in it gets character, weird when it, you're, She's not the only one. No, so. like, yeah. There's but it's like she's like always the loneliness of leadership. Oh. But she's always been like that from day one. If you mm. watch the whole series through, I'm sure you guys have seen. She's always, and it's just the most like that. It's just, dude, you're not alone. Please stop. Mm -hmm. And we all know people like that. Oh, I'm so alone in the world. Dude, you're not. You're telling Mm -hmm. it to me for one thing. Yep. It's her Batman thing. Yeah. yeah, Bit of that. Pushing people away. I'm a loner. Mm -hmm. Like eight Robins, pal. (laughs) (laughs) And an Alfred. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. He goes away after this, but then he comes back. He works alone, except when he works with with Robin, which is almost always. <laughs> uh, anything else? Probably should start wrapping things up here. Uh, there's a bit in the uh, in the walk through the fire song at the end, the dramatic like everybody coming together to help Buffy bit, mm-hmm. where Spike hops over a fence and gets stuck at a dead end, and I was dead. I'm just like, did you get lost? <laughs> and he gets mad about it too. Yeah, right. He throws love, a little tantrum. I love what they did with Spike this season before before that thing mm-hmm. but but this point spike where he knows it is unhealthy to get involved with her and he just can't resist it yeah that he has his his song one of his songs has a line i'm free if that bitch dies dot 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 i better help her out yeah <laughs> there's like he can't stop no there's so much good spike stuff once he becomes a good like i love his his friendship with Don, with don throughout the season Everybody yeah. loves loves when he used to hang out with Buffy's mom. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> they all watched Passions together for a yeah, while. Yeah, right. It was great. Don't I know you from somewhere? Uh, uh, get away from my wife, from my daughter, and then you tried to hit me with an axe. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I I like what they because again, her just making horrible decisions and hate fucking him, and him just mm-hmm. going along with. It. I, I've been on both sides of that equation. That's some rough shit, man. Well, going along with it, but, like, he's also got, like, actual feelings for her. So he just, like, it's that horrible, yeah. like, this is what I want, but you hate me. Yep. But I'll take what I can get. Yeah, exactly. But it's also I'm a extra sad pathetic. Puppy. It's also extra pathetic because he used to be in love with Drusilla and lost that. And now he's like, uh, I have nothing. Oh, this girl likes me. Oh, now I'm in love with her. Well, that was also a weird one-sided relationship. For I know different reasons, but no. And when yeah. we get his backstory, we see his whole like mommy issues mm-hmm. thing and like all this th- other stuff. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, I get it now. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. <laughs> uh huh. Sure does. Effulgent. <laughs> I Called like that Spike his... being the like lovable wanker. Like he's mm-hmm. my like love to hate kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like while he stays 
love to hateable. Yeah, until until that thing. Yeah. Until uh, we pass the point of no return. It's a bad yes. thing. Yes, the very bad thing. Uh, anything else? I think that's it. All right. Uh, so, uh, Caitlin, you did have a quote here. Uh, the, the way we're doing this, I didn't make it clear. I apologize. But uh, actually, Matt, since he did the uh, the summary, gets a quote. But just out of curiosity, you, you had one picked. What was that? I did, and I just deleted it. But I really like um, Dawn's quote at the very end of Buffy's reveal. Um, and then kind of, I think Spike comes over and kind of shakes her back into her senses or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and Dawn says the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. And that speaks very true to me. Um, and that's definitely something that I feel like is true for a lot of people mm. that, you know, it's not very easy to sometimes just wake up and face the day. And, oh. um, I appreciate the way this show kind of calls that out and also calls out the things that make it make you able to get up and get out of bed and face the day mm. like like friends and relationships and um you know personal uh goals and the kind of things that um really do help people get through like really difficult times and through uh depression and and stuff like that so that that line it's like almost cheesy because it's coming out of Don's mouth but oh, see now i <laughs> thought it was com- like I agree with the sentiment and what you said there makes it better to me. But I thought at the time it was terrible because everyone's singing their hearts out. And then this teen girl says the most teen girl thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, my, In uh, such a teen girl way. My note here is way to sum up the episode, Don. Yeah. yeah. I wish someone else was saying it or if it was just like a line in a song, but I'm, yeah. I like that it was said. Um, but no, yeah, I get where I, you're coming from. Yeah. I don't like Don's delivery. Don doesn't but. even have anything particularly unlikable in this episode, and yet we are all so conditioned to hate her. I was watching it, and I'm just like, I don't remember why I hated her so much. Oh, I, yeah. Just think about it for even a minute. Uh-huh. I don't like her voice. I just don't like the actress very much. She, uh, maybe, she, that's, maybe that's she, mean, but I don't know. I just don't care. I think she very effectively played a petulant teen girl, but she did it so well without adding anything like yeah they needed to give her more to do and they they finally (laughs) do in like the end of season seven but uh yeah just barely it takes a long time it sure does all right anyway matt what was your quote well after all of that uh that talk about uh uh you know how important the that was to caitlin i went with the wacky mustard song well is it just us is it only happening to us that would probably mean a spell They got the mustard out. They got the mustard It's not just us. <laughs> you know, every everyone revealing their inner secrets. <laughs> they did get the mustard out. They did. Mm-hmm. They did. All right, so that's all for this time. Thank you so much for joining us, Caitlin. This was this was delightful. Yes, I'm glad um, I picked something you like. <laughs> I I mean, you don't have to. You're my it's pals. Nice. I don't want to make you watch something that you don't enjoy. I want to have oh, an enjoyable time that. together. Why don't any of our other pals see it that way? <laughs> Not even one. Ah, my pal. <laughs> oh, that actually, that said, uh, Nate is on next week and nate has chosen something we do both like mm-hmm. so there is that and there will be a lot to talk about here we are covering steven universe but we are not only covering steven universe we are covering the scene of universe movie mm-hmm. that just dropped like Ooh. a month ago uh it's a little bit longer than the stuff we've been handling but this show drops like 11 11 minute episodes and we're like uh either we do a million of them or ooh, this is handy they just mm-hmm. did one long thing let's yeah. do that uh and it's another musical so weird turn for the show to take sure uh, yeah so next week we will be covering steven universe the movie uh with our pal nate yep uh let's see as ever our website postatomichorror.com the tumblr postatomichorror.tumblr.com we are on twitter at algar at robot matt caitlin do you want to give your uh, uh, twitter um i am uh caitlandia i think it's just my twitter caitlandia okay i wasn't sure some people are some people are not comfortable giving it out. I could absolutely Which is perfectly cut this fine. out. If, yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to, I, that's, that's why I give you sort of the choice there. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of public on my tweeters. That's fair. 
Uh, and if you want to check out uh, Endeavor, please do. The new episode should be dropping around the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. Uh, very excited about episode eight. Really, really proud of that one. Yeah. Uh, USSendeavor.com. Uh, and that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast is a co-production of Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.